Hello and welcome to the F3 Football Podcast, the home of faith and football. In this podcast, we'll hear from Christian footballers at all stages in their careers as they share from their own experiences of following Jesus while being a professional footballer. If you're not already, follow F3 Football on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and get connected. Now, let's get into the conversation. Hello guys and welcome to this week's F3 Faith and Football podcast. This week we have a special guest, Luton Town's George Moncair. George, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing brilliant, thank you, mate. Um, hope you're well and hope uh, hope this message can inspire people out there that are listening. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, George. I really appreciate it, mate. And we hope that, obviously, as you already said, many people who are listening to this message today will just be inspired by your story, you know, how, how Christ has changed your life, how you're trusting Christ and also just some practical stuff in your football career. George, yep. just for those guys who are listening today, just tell us a little bit about you, your football journey, mate. Where did you start off and how have you got to the point of being uh, at Luton Town today? Yeah, so um started at Tottenham Hotspur when I was a young lad, about nine years old. Um, at that age, obviously, you don't really know what's, a lot about football because you're such a young kid and you just want to play with a smile on your face and you want to enjoy it. So uh, about the age of nine, ten, I actually moved to West Ham just after my dad finished playing for him. Um, and I yeah, basically stayed there from the age of about 10 to 19. Um, unfortunately, mate, look, it didn't work out in terms of getting in the first team, but just the way it is. And then I went on 19 to Colchester. Um Colchester had good success there. Uh, all glory to Jesus for that. Got them sort of, saved them a couple of times. Well, I didn't save them. I believe the Lord, Lord saved them and just used me to do it um, in terms of staying up in League One. Uh, got a move to Barnsley where I met some wonderful people there in terms of uh, Christian people. Uh, there was Bruce Dyer who played from Bobby Hassel. Both, both played for Barnsley and they were doing amazing things at the club in terms of prayer. prayer. I used to meet them every morning for prayer and just used to give everything to Jesus Christ. And uh, I, I did have a bit of success there in terms of playing. I enjoyed it very much. Um, and especially for like a boy from Essex going all the way up north, it's a bit of a shock in terms of uh, the early stages. But I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and then obviously last January, I got my move to Luton back down south. So it's been quite a journey, mate, but I've really enjoyed the way it's gone. That's quality, mate. Just quickly, George, anybody listening to this podcast today, you know, you said that it never worked out uh, at West Ham and you, you had yeah. to go elsewhere. What advice would you give to them guys who, you know, who are maybe at a, a Premier League club now in the um, playing in the reserves or yeah. I can't quite break into the first team, but, you know, maybe feeling a bit discouraged or even maybe being released, you know, we're at the time of the year now where many lads are running out of contracts. What advice would you give them in this moment? Um, you know what, mate, like, in terms of how I used to see my football in the term, and in terms of how I see it now, um, the way that the Lord has just flooded my life and took over my life in terms of looking at football in a different aspect. I used to want to be the player that was in the Premier League. I wanted to be in the spotlight. I wanted to be the one seen. I wanted George Moncur to be known, right? And recently, when you let Jesus in, and if you're a young player listening and you want to get to the top, right, God has given you the best talent that you can do in terms of football. You, you've got to give it your all, right? And I'm not saying don't work hard and give everything because he has given you the talent to really like pursue his name. And 
at the time where I was playing football, um, I was always doing it for my glory. I wanted to be known, right? And recently, the other day, I won't mention his name, but I had a chat with a fellow footballer who plays in the championship as well. And um, we were just chatting and he said, George, I, in terms of you want to get to the top, like what sort of changed in your eyes? And the big thing for me, mate, like I want to get to the Premier League now. I want to play the highest level I can, right? But I want Jesus Christ to be known. I want Jesus Christ, the Lord and Saviour. I want his name to be on my back. I don't want people to see George Moncur. George Moncur is a name that I've been given from Jesus Christ, right? But when I get to the top, or if I do get to the top, if it's in God's will, I want Jesus Christ to be known. Amen, man. Powerful. George, just in terms of, you know, you've talked a lot about your faith in Christ, you know. When was yeah. that point, George? When did you come to know Jesus, your Lord and Saviour? Um, I've got, it's quite a, obviously it's a very, quite a bit of a long story, but, um, I believe that when I tell, I don't tell people often this as well, because I only tell people when they do ask and when it's for a purpose. And I do believe that this is a purpose. So people can hear sort of the way that it happened. So I was always sort of a believer because my dad, when he finished playing for West Ham, he got me into Christ and I bet people that are listening, I know like, you know what it's like sometimes if you're sort of a young boy, um, youngest lad, and you're going to church every Sunday, you don't really know what Jesus Christ is or who he is. And you're going sort of listening to people that are really good preachers. But at the time, you know, when you're like listening to sort of a sermon and you're not really interested. Um, yeah. And that's what was happening with me a lot of the time when, especially when I was at West Ham and Colchester, that sort of period of time, Jesus was working in my life, but I didn't really know him. So, I didn't know like what it was sort of thing. And I was going to church and I weren't really enjoying it. Um, and then, so this is my story in terms of how I've met the Lord. Um, I was at a church one day, just a normal day. I had a 23s match. This is how much I remember it because I believe it's a big sort of significant moment in my life. And um, I was at the church in Loughton. Um, just walked into the church and it was a church that was open, you know, like the ones that you it ain't a service on, but you can just go in because the doors are open so you can go and pray. And yeah. I was playing um, Southampton for West Ham 23s. And um, I was, I walked in the church and there was this lady standing there, like right at the back of the church. And basically I'd never seen her in my life, never, never even like spoke to her or nothing. So I'm walking up to the back of the church just to pray because I had a game. So I thought, right, this at this point in my life, Christ wasn't really the, my main thing. I was just sort of focused football. I thought, church is open, I'll go and pray. So as I'm walking up to pray, she's sort of walking back towards me. Um, and she said, excuse me, I, I, I don't know you, but what's, is your name George? And I was like really shocked because... I'd never, never seen her. I never knew who she was. I'd never seen her in Loughton, around Loughton at the church or anything. And I said, yeah. She said, look, I'm meant to be here for you today. Do you mind if I come and pray for you? So I was very, very shocked at that point because I was like, yeah, that's fine. So we ended up started praying. And in the Bible, it obviously talks about prophets, right? They, they're, they're definitely in this world. And she's told me things that only Jesus Christ would know. So I'm automatically hooked on this sort of experience and this knowledge that she's given me. She got me writing down dates, times, um, teams, 
Um, and of course, people can look at that and say, well, she can just easily look at a fixtures list. So it's, it's sort of one of them. And basically, one season when I was at Colchester, when I met her at first, I was sort of starting the season at Colchester. So I was obviously playing for West Ham, but I was looking to go on loan. So that's sort of the time that I did meet her, if that's a bit unclear to anyone. Um, the soliciting that I was at West Ham at that time, but I was just ready to go on loan to Colchester um, in my first season. And sort of, basically, she got, got me to write this thing down that said Swindon, uh, one more to go. So I everything that she was saying to me, I was speaking to her like every single day because I was so sort of hooked on this thing that I didn't really know what it was, but I was so hooked on it that everything was coming true and it was all good news. It was good stuff, right? So she told me to write down Swindon one more to go. Um, so I wrote it down, not thinking really much of it. I looked at my fixtures, obviously, because it was at the start of the season and we played Swindon early on in the season and also midway through. So I thought there can't really be much on that game because... Um, the game after that, it's like halfway through the footballing season. So there's not much that can really happen. So we played them the first game. Nothing really happened. I think I scored and we won, but it was just a sort of regular another day at the office in terms of playing football. Um, nothing happened after that game. It was just regular. So the second game was sort of approaching and um, out of the blue, it got cancelled for some reason. I cannot remember why, but it got cancelled. And... I remember thinking that's a bit strange because I was meant to play him sort of midway through the season, but I got put back to the second last game of the season. Then automatically my, my brain just remembered and I was like, wow, because she told me one game to go, like one more to go after the Swindon game. So the Swindon game got put back to the second last game. And obviously we had, uh, I think we had uh, Notts County, then Swindon, then we had Preston at home to finish the season. I and mean, I remember being in a relegation battle, like a big one. And we played Swindon on a Tuesday night and we had the final game on the Saturday against Preston. And the Swindon game, we was lucky enough at home. They were good at that, like in that time. I think that season they were sort of near the top. Um, and we played and we got a draw at home. Weren't really the result we needed. But if we won the last game, um, we would have stayed up. But we still were heavily relying on two other teams to drop points. Um, so I thought, well, wow, this could be it though, because obviously she's told me this, everything's come true, it's all happening. Anyway, we played Preston at home on the last game of the season. We won one nil, I scored the winner, and we stayed in the league. Right? So that's how powerful that was to me because that came true again. And obviously in terms of like Jesus, he weren't really in this. This is this is why my journey, I think, is very powerful and strong because Jesus was never the focus in my life. He was always second fiddle. He was always behind. I was always relying on the things of this world. And it obviously says in the Bible, do not be of the things in this world. We can be in the world, but not of it. So in terms of that, that's where it all started clicking for me, like with this woman. And I'd see this woman as the main thing in my life. Not nothing. I'm I'm open to say it. I'm, I tell my, when people ask me about my journey, I'm always open because it's made me into the Christian I am today. So, with this lady in question, there was nothing ever with her in terms of like people might think, like um, how can I put this without sounding too? There was no attraction there. 
There was nothing like that. It was just simply, I was always looking, waking up every day. Has she got anything else for me? Is it good? Like, is something else going to happen? So after that season at Colchester, it all started going like, it was going well. I got my move to Barnsley. She told me about this. She said, pick Barnsley. I was listening to her for everything, everything like in my life. And um, it got to the stage where I was always like looking at her and thinking, what next? I want more of this. This is this is what I'm meant to have. I want more because it was like, if you're a person uh, like in my shoes at that time, a young lad, you're getting things that you think only someone can know that about yourself. It's all coming true. I was automatically drawn in. I was hooked from the moment she met me in that church. I was hooked on because everything's coming true. Everything's right. But then it got to a stage where um, I was eating certain foods. She was telling me what to eat. Um, I was going around, like I went around her house a few times. She was still getting me to do things, write things down, um, wearing certain clothes. Like I know people that are listening, you might think this is ridiculous, but like I say again, if if someone's really into your life and they're telling you all good stuff, what can sort of go wrong? So at the time, as a young boy, I really was blinded by this this person, right? And then it got like to the point she's telling me to throw clothes away. Like I was buying clothes that I really liked for myself, throwing them away, right? And then food's coming up. I'm eating things before games that like not bad stuff, but it was like, it would never be able to f- sort of fuel you for a game, like different sort of bread and that, like only little bits and stuff. And and obviously looking back now, I'm, I'm not ashamed because I'm actually really proud of how I've become and how the Lord has changed my life because um, that time is like a learning curve for me. And this, I'm just going to get onto the bit in a minute where it all sort of changed. So the final straw for me was, I don't tell many people about this because I'm not ashamed one bit, but she then changed her name to some something or other, right? And I got into the thing of, look, she's done this for me. Everything's right. Everything's good. She said, out of the blue, change your name, right? And anyone listening again, you might think I'm a crazy man, right? I was going to change my name and it was Solomon. And obviously in the Bible, right, it talks about Solomon, uh, the king. And obviously she was probably looking at me as if, uh, I don't know, not a king, but she wanted me to change it to Solomon, right? And I got the deed poll forms. I filled everything out that she said, sent them away. And my driving license come through the post. And the only thing that I did change was my driving license at first because I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't tell my mum and dad because they would think I'm crazy, absolutely crazy. And to this day, obviously, I, I know now what, what happened, but at the time, I did not. I blinded everyone out. I didn't listen to anyone. I didn't say, I didn't listen to what anyone had to say about her because she was she was great in my eyes. She was the one that's getting me these things and it's perfect and everything's great. So the driving license come through and I remember I was at training and my wife rang me going mad on the phone. What are you doing? Because my wife actually knew her, but she didn't like her sort of early on because she looked at my wife a few times. And, you know, like when I get onto it about false prophets, they can come in and they can steal anything. And they what they do, they manipulate your life. And that and to this day, 
that is what I like now. I see what she was doing. She come in and she changed my life and she was a false prophet because the more I look at it and the more I go over it, I even paid her a few times. She used to say, give me this bit of money um, and this is your prophecy. This is what the Lord's going to do for you, this and that, right? And obviously, when my wife see the driving license with that name on it, um, I think that was the final straw for her in terms of that because she didn't really like her from the word go. Um, and when it when it come through the post and she see it and I could see the like sort of tears, not in her eyes, but I knew that she was really hurt by what had happened because my focus was never on Jesus. It was never on my wife. It weren't on my family. It was completely to this one person who I believe is a false prophet. And when it says uh, in the Bible, whoever causes one of these little ones, whoever believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great milestone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's in Matthews 8 and 6, right? And I just believe that she come in to really like the enemy. I believe the enemy sent her to my life because I think the enemy, I'm not saying I'm special. I'm, I'm not one shape or form saying I'm special, but I believe I've been chosen to do the Lord's work. And if I carried on going the way I was going, and the way that I was doing things, I'd have lost everything. I probably wouldn't even be playing football. Might have even lost my family because obviously, in terms of that, I was giving everything over to this one woman who was a false prophet, definitely in my eyes, because the Lord uh, revealed her to me as a false prophet. Because when that was the last straw and I finally looked in the mirror and I see that, that the things that she was doing was definitely not right in my life. Um, I had to tell my family about it. I opened up and told them told my wife everything. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I was shutting everyone out. I weren't giving no one time. I weren't giving Jesus any of the glory. I was always giving her the glory. Thanks for that. Thanks for this. And uh, basically, the end of the story, I I found out that she was doing weird stuff in Loughton with because there's this preacher that I met and got close with in Loughton called Ez. His name was Ez Katel, and he's a great preacher in Loughton. And he was telling me about her, and he said, look, what she come in, she come in sort of in loud and telling people not to go to church, this and that. So he knew about her, but I didn't know him at the time. So basically this is how I know the Lord changed my life because he's using me today to do his work through different things. Um, and it just really nailed on and clarified to me that Jesus is so real because it talks about false prophets in the Bible. The Bible's the truth and the truth sets us free. And that's exactly what I've done. Once I told everyone about it, the Lord revealed her in terms of to everyone, to my family, my friends, everyone as a false prophet. And I actually, this might sound a bit crazy, but I feel privileged that it actually happened to me because I believe that the Lord's changed me and he's letting me tell people about this. So it's all glory to him. And that's what brought me closer and closer to his, to to him, basically. George, thank you so much for being honest and open about that. I think it's yeah. really powerful, mate. Um, in a spiritual sense, bro, in a practical sense, you know, you know yeah. yourself and many footballers that may be listening to this today that, you know, there's people out there who are trying to exploit young footballers financially and different ways, you know. Yeah. But I think what's really powerful, just picking up on your story there to help um, people who are listening to this podcast today to understand is that number one, you started to put your dependency and trust in man. Now, the scripture, yes. Psalm 118, 8 says, 
do not put your trust in man, but put your trust in God. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one a powerful thing that you know you're allowed the words of a person to obviously have influence influence your decisions. And I think at that point as well, obviously you were doing things in the darkness, you weren't bringing it to the light, and then sharing it with your family and sharing it with your yeah. your wife in particular. And that's yeah. a, another big thing for those who listen today, guys. You know, we must be in the scriptures reading it. We must be accountable in church, and we must be bringing things into light and openness because you know the Lord wants us to. Walk in the light as he is in the light, you know. And um, me, you know, praise God that you know the Lord's was allowed that to happen to you, but yeah, you know, the Lord was so gracious in that to um, at the right time to pull you out of that deception and 100%. to put you on the path now where you know that Christ is Lord, you know yeah, that exactly. he is, and, and obviously you're now living for the glory of him. Yeah, well, mate. You for that, mate. I, we really appreciate the, the honesty. Nah, it's no problem, mate. I believe it's going to help a lot of people in terms of the way that they can battle things. And I just want to, yeah, I just want to give him the glory in everything that I do, mate. But, and just to add to that, anybody who listening in this podcast today, if obviously you, you're experiencing this, what George is experiencing, yeah. you know, this type of manipulation and control, and you feel trapped and you're feeling darkness and you're afraid. You know, feel free to reach out to us at F3Football1 and get in contact us. We'd love to speak to you and support you and help you and um, on this journey as well. Just continue on your story then, George. You've met with Jesus in a yeah. powerful way. What difference did he make in your life and career, George? What were some of the, the transformations? What were some of the mindsets that changed in you and now as a footballer, now you've encountered Christ? Mate, honest, I, I can't. I can't go over the feeling that I wake up every day. Um, and at the moment, I'm not even playing. I'm not even in the starting 11. I'm on the bench. I'm not used, right? And my focus, well, I used to wake up thinking, I'm nervous today about the game. I'm anxious. I want to play. I want to do this. I want to do that. But when Jesus truly floods our life, and when we fully let him in, when our focus completely changes from off the things of this world, right, and the things that... In, in it doesn't really matter like the things of this world we when we go like when we leave we don't take any of that with us so I wake up now every day and football honestly it doesn't really even come into my head mate if I'm being totally honest I'm, I'm not even thinking about games staying up promotion relegation this that it's a total gift that he has given me right that I can play like I feel like I'm a good player. Like I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. But this isn't. This is what the law's done for me. I, I don't want to play football for my own good. I don't want the football to be known for my name. I want footballers to hear this, hear what I'm doing, and it's all for Jesus Christ. And once we get His name known, He will then elevate us in what we do, so that we can restore that back in Him. Wow, powerful, George. Powerful. So what you're saying there, basically, mate, is. You know, you're no longer building your life on football. You're no longer building your identity on the football. Um, you're now building your identity on Christ. And because of that, and you're living for his glory and not your own, you know, you're playing in a freedom. You know, when, when I speak to you, George, I'm speaking to a man who I, I can see freedom inside him. I can see a peace and a joy and a hope that he's not moved by his circumstances, situations. You know, you're on the bench. Mate, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, we've been footballers, footballers yeah, since today. You know, if you build your life on football and you're on the bench, mate, it can be absolutely traumatic. You know, the frustration, anger, 
the comparison, the envy, envy in other players. I'm better than him. I should be playing. And it's just yeah. torment. But you no, know, you're completely right, mate. Just trusting Christ the way you are, mate. It's a joy to see that, you know, you have the peace. Yeah. And, and um, George, do you have any powerful testimonies of how the Lord's maybe healed you or touched you? In yeah, your I've got, yeah, mate, I've got a, another classic. But this is obviously like, so the story that I gave you earlier was me before knowing Christ. This is me with Christ. So this is completely the other side. So obviously imagine the coin, heads and towels. This is the other side of it. And um, it was sort of last season, uh, actually, I'm trying to think now because the old coronavirus popped up. It's put me out on the um, timings. I don't know when it was, but I think it was this season, but early on. So before coronavirus hit, um, but sort of a while ago now, because obviously it's been in for ages. But um, yeah, so in terms of healing, this was yet again, it was used on me from Jesus, I believe, and I'm happy to share it. It was... Um, it's a weird story again, but it's, it's so powerful. Like I um, was playing darts in the games room at Luton Town, um, and we used to play darts every single morning just to have a laugh. And I was playing someone one hundred and one, and they checked out. I think it was two legs or something, and whoever won the next leg was the winner. So I think I was playing my mate Elliot. And, he, well, I don't know, double 10, double whatever. So everyone started going mad and that. So obviously reaction, I've got down on my knees, like put my head in, head in my hands. And as I've got up, I felt in my left knee, something just absolutely buckle and I could not walk, mate. So instantly, like everyone's laughing and joking and that. And I've sat down and they've all gone, hold on a minute, he don't look right. And I come, honestly, white as a ghost, right? I could not move and I felt sick and all the colour went out of my face and everything. And everyone then realised that actually, like, he could have done something really bad here. So the physio come into the room, darts room. He took me outside because it was, I was cooling down because I was really hot, but I was all over the place. I couldn't speak or nothing. And he brought me these crutches. So I've walked into the physio room on crutches. So I cannot put an ounce of anything on my left side. My left knee was completely buckled. I couldn't straighten it. That was the problem. It was locked. It was completely locked in one place that it, it just wouldn't budge, right? And I've got on the physio room bed and I'm like, my head's my head's in my hands because I'm I'm like, how can this happen out of the blue? I'm playing darts. It's like I'm not running about even outside. I'm just playing darts. I've got up. My knees completely give way and I'm now really struggling. I'm like on the bed and I'm in, I'm in tatters, mate. So... They said, right, I've got to go for a scan straight away. So got off the cr- uh, got off the bed, got on my crutches, got changed. Everyone's sort of sheepish around me because they can tell when my character's up and when it's sort of down, and they know my character. I'm always lively, having a joke, and I was just really, really distraught, and they could see that. So they were obviously, like, seeing if I was, uh, seeing if I was all right and that um, and stuff like that. So got, in, got on the crutches, got into my car, drove straight to the scan, and... Um, and it was an MRI scan. Obviously, they're really like, loud, laying down. I couldn't think of nothing worse after you buckled your knee. Anyway, got the scan done. Um, and I went home. And at the time, when I got home, I was obviously anxious and really nervous waiting for these results to come back because it was near the sort of transfer window. So it must have been near sort of last January. So you're anxious in terms of, are you going to get a move? Will this muck something up? 
will, will this do this, do that? There's a thousand thoughts going through your head. And plus, you can't even walk. So it's probably the worst scenario or situation that you can put yourself in as a footballer because you know that something's gone wrong. You know that something's not right. So I'm sitting there with my brother. My brother came round, Tim, who's another fellow believer. My wife's there, a little girl. And we're just like sort of not uh, not doing anything much, watching telly and that. But there's something there's in the room, there's tension that you know there's something off. Anyway, later on that night, I get a phone call from the physio. Yeah, it's bad news, mate. You've got a meniscus tear, left side. Uh, it's, a, it's a bucket tear. It's um, a minimum eight weeks out. So, obviously, that's two months, right? I'm absolutely distraught. Oh, I don't know what to do, what to turn. Like, I'm completely and utterly... Like, it's like when the world falls apart, when, when you've got nothing there, right? And that night, that was about 6pm when he gave me that news. Um, so I didn't really think much of it. I just had a normal sort of evening with my brother, my wife. My spirit is so down though that it ain't. It's I'm not even thinking about anything but this knee. This knee is the way. Like I can't get it out of my head that two months and all this. So got to about eight o'clock. My wife took my little girl up to sleep. My little brother is in my front room. So. Something come to me, and I'm nice, Jesus Christ. Obviously, I invited the spirit into the room, and I said, Tim, look, I said, in this world, we don't put faith in man alone, but we put it in Christ Jesus. I said, I don't believe what this physio, like my physio is a diamond. I love the geezer. I love the other physios. I love them all, right? But I don't put faith in man alone. I don't put faith in what people say about my life because the only one that can do that is the writer of the world, the, the risen king, Jesus Christ. So I said, Tim, look, what we'll do, we'll put on a few worship songs. And obviously I like Hillsong, Elevation Worship, all of it, C3, everything, right? And on YouTube, there was one, I raise a hallelujah. And there was like a message that come on before the song. You know, when they're singing it live and they say something, they give a testimony. And this was a song that I didn't purposely put on on YouTube. It sort of popped up on Recommended, right? And I said, before it come on, I said, Tim, look, I said, when two or more gather together, he is there with us. I said, look, we'll pray. We'll invite the spirit in and we'll see what happens. So we put this song come on. And before it come on, it was a guy talking on, on live. And he was talking about there's a giant. And he said, some giants are going to fall tonight. A giant's going to fall tonight, right? And the song started playing. So the Holy Spirit was moving. And you know full well, when the spirit is moving, it's the best place to be. It's the, it's, the, it's the most wonderful place on this earth. And I got down on my knees and I said, I felt the Lord tell me to, for Tim to go behind my left side, my left knee, as I was on my knees, and just to sort of shake out my back leg. So this song's going and going and going, and he's just shaking my leg out, right? And it's just like the room is filled with his spirit. I, I remember even walking, waking up my little girl because the music was loud. We're shouting downstairs. We're singing in the spirit. Everything's happening. And anyway, the song ended, right? And obviously I didn't really want to get up off the floor because I had such a powerful movement that I don't want it to be wrong. I want my knee to be healed. I want it to be all right. And the song ended and I remember shutting my eyes and Something just told me to get up, just get up. So anyway, song finished. I got up, launched the crutches down, jumped around in the front room like a rabbit, right? 
rang my physio, I FaceTimed him. I said, you want to see the power of Jesus? I said, look at his knee. I said, and he was like, what? It must have been half 10 at night by this time because I was just so joyous. The Lord had healed me. I'm jumping around the room like an absolute, uh, just a horse, a joke, mate, right? And I could not contain the joy that I felt because I've seen it. It's worked, right? My knee is completely healed. Two-month bucket tear. No, I don't think so, mate. Jesus Christ has healed it in a heartbeat. So they said, come in on Monday. This was on the Saturday, I think. Come in Monday. Um and we'll, we'll send you off for another scan. But we, we if it's a tear, you can't do this, you can't do that. I knew in my heart I was healed. I didn't think twice about anything. I got in on Monday, jumped into the physio room, jumping around. Oh, everyone's having a laugh, saying, what are you doing, all this and that. Right? All the boys could not believe it because they see me leave on crutches. They see me in pain. I've come back two days later after the weekend and I'm jumping around for joy with no sort of harm, no pain, no nothing. They send me for a scan. I come back. Scan comes back about an hour later. Guy in the scan says to my physio, um, I ain't seen this in like all my years of sort of doing it, but on the scan, nothing showed up. There's no bucket tear. There's nothing. What's, up, what's happened there? Oh. I knew in my heart, I just wanted to shut the room down because I knew, I knew exactly what had happened. I told him, I said, look, you want to experience Jesus Christ? I said, you've seen it there. It's happened. He's healed my knee. I had a tear two months out. I'm back in. Anyway, that was on the Saturday. Uh, no, what? let me get my days right here. That was on the Monday. Tuesday night, I started against Bournemouth in the FA Cup. It's meant to be having two months out of the game. Wow. The healing power of Jesus Christ. He doesn't just see that is no word of a lie, mate. Well, mate, we can't argue with testimony, can we? We can't argue with, with stories, and I'm pretty sure your physio scene, you know, seeing is believing, you know, and it does encourage you. Faith. And he is, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I've, I've spoke to many Christian footballers like yourself, George, who testified of yeah. the healing power of Jesus uh, in this moment, you know. Um, it's powerful, mate. It's powerful. Just to, yes, to definitely. Off, George. Um, what advice would you give any other football out there listening to this podcast today? Whether it's practically in football or whether it's you know spiritually yeah. following the Lord, what would be your advice, mate? Um, in all honesty, guys, right? I'm not perfect. I'm just a, a, a boy from Essex who was a bit of a funny geezer that the Lord has blessed me more than I can even know. Um, Football is a talent that he has definitely gave all of us, right? Especially when we play football. But when you honestly, like, focus your head completely on the heart and the face of Jesus Christ, when we completely turn our thought process off of ourselves and onto him in all that we do, I can guarantee you, you will feel the light. You're, you will feel something in your life that no feeling in football could ever give you. And that is the truth. And once we do that, and once we, I never experienced it before, but like um, in terms of my vid, the videos and stuff that I do on my account for Jesus, I didn't really feel it because I feel like I'm now stepping out in faith for him. And my, all my focus has gone off the things of this world of football, everything else, um, designer things, cars, houses, everything, right? I don't think of nothing like that anymore. I wake up every day. I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with the biggest sense of peace over my life that, only Jesus Christ can give us. There's no feeling in football that can ever take the place or 
replace the feeling that Jesus Christ has now given me. Um, I'm just happy every day. Spiritually, I'm in the best place I've ever been. And it's all down to one man and one man who we know as the Lord and Saviour. Powerful, George. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing to hear um, you sharing your story, mate, and sharing how Christ has, has transformed your life um, yeah. and brought you that place of clarity. And, you know, I've read many things. I've heard many stories about you, George, your professionalism, yeah. you know, how hard you work. Although, you you know, you're trusting Christ and you want to be the best player, you know, you, yeah. you're still working hard. You're still pursuing your dreams. You're still pursuing pursuing what God's called you to do. However, you're not controlled by the dream. You're not controlled by the pressures and the expectation and trying to live up to, you know, what, what, what the world perceives us as footballers. You know, you're now living for Christ and living in a, in, in a freedom. That's it, mate. At the moment, George, I'd love you to pray. Yeah. Maybe if somebody listened to this podcast today and um, they've never received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Saviour. And yeah. maybe listen to this podcast today and they may need, he may need healing for the body. I want you to just lead them in a prayer now, Joyce, to, to make a decision to follow Christ as Lord and Saviour. And maybe at the end as well, just pray for healing for anybody who's yeah. listening to this podcast. No problem, mate. That's completely fine. So... If you if you are listening to this, I'd just like you to obviously bow your head and close your eyes. And I just invite the Holy Spirit into this um, call or recording or whatever one's listening to it, because Jesus Christ can move mountains. No matter where we're situated in this world, whether we're close together, whether we're far away, he is always here with us. He is always close to us. So I'd just like to start off by saying people that are listening, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I just ask that verse to fill you up and hopefully you can relate to it. And let it flood your life in every area because Jesus Christ, he really does move mountains. I promise you that once we accept him and once we give him full authority over our life, we can take hold of the journey that he has given us in all that we do. I just pray on this recording that everyone listening, that Jesus Christ will be revealed, will be revealed in the world that we live in. Sometimes this world, it's a hard place. It's a hard place to get going. It's a hard place. Circumstances do change. But you know what doesn't change? Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same every single day. He's the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega. He is the one, the creator of the universe. And I just pray if anyone needs any healing, that Jesus Christ will be their healer. He is the, the main thing in this world. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. So if there's anyone out there that needs this power of Jesus, this is for you right now. The Lord is speaking through me to you listening. It ain't nothing to do with me. Remember, I always say that. George Moncur is just a name that the, the Lord is using, and I'm more than happy for that. If I can do his work, then my job is done. Father God, fill these people listening with your presence, your love, and your spirit. I ask that you elevate them in every area of their life so that they can elevate you back, Father, by taking your namesake for them, Father God. I ask that you rise up, Father, in their life and you reveal yourself to them. Everyone listening, you reveal, their, you reveal yourself to them. I pray for anyone that does need healing 
healing, that Jesus Christ really be your redeemer, your healer, your fortress in whom you love and trust. And I pray the protection of Psalm 91 over every single one listening, for it says we can trample the fierce lion and the deadly serpent. It says no evil will come near your tent. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but this evil will not come near you. I just urge you today to take this message and be a warrior for Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. George, thank you so much for joining us on F3 Podcast. Just quickly, obviously you're doing a great work and um, sharing daily scriptures on Instagram and encouraging yeah. you know, people from across the world. Can you just share the, you, um, you, your Instagram page for anybody who's listening to this? Who can just yeah. uh, follow you? Thanks, mate. If you want to, um, like, so just quickly, everyone, I do, I take the verse of the day every single day from the Bible, whatever verse it is, I then do a video on that subject and I'll try and relate it to everyone, obviously from a footballer's perspective to try and relate so people can see the sort of the way that I speak about it and the way that I try and do it in a different way where the Lord has blessed me with it so that people can actually see what I'm talking about. So on Instagram, it's um, at the, the Risen King 91. Um, and that's, yeah, basically that's the name. Great, guys. Yeah. So I just encourage you all, if you listen to this podcast, go on Instagram, the Risen King 91. Follow George, like his like his posts, you know, send him comments and um, let him know how blessed you are by it. George, we love you, bro. Thank you so much for sharing. God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you soon. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode of the F3 Football Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get notified when the next episode is released. And make sure you give us a five-star rating on iTunes Podcast, as this will help to get the message out far and wide. For all things F3 Football, visit our website at f3football.co.uk.